Vinny, after the show, Sherry wants to talk to you. All right? Okay. I do? Yeah, I told you you'd talk to her. Here we go with the John Curley Sherry Ellicker Show. That's right. You coming along for the ride. Don't forget, hey, look at this. The know-it-all quiz is going to be happening. At 5.30, we'll ask you uh, four simple questions of stories we cover. She's Joe, I owe you two right now, don't yep. I? I write them during the break. It's the Muckleshoot Casino Resort. That is the text line, one 976 Get on the phone. Say one interesting thing about yourself. Who knows? You could be playing the know-it-all quiz at 5.30. Diving in the news. By the way, Sherry, over the weekend in Philadelphia, I played pickleball, and I'm com- I am a huge fan now. What? Really? Yeah, I don't know what I'm it was. I'm surprised. I, I, I fought. I wanted to fight against it, but I was like, wow, this is really fun. So once you actually try something, you might yep. enjoy it. And then I called Corey, and he's like, uh, I said, hey, I, I want to build two pickleball courts out here at the barn. <laughs> oh, no. I yep. play pickleball sometimes. I know you do, Jacob. All right, we're not talking about you right now. <laughs> how often do you, Jacob, how often do you play? I play pickleball sometimes. Oh, just know, sometimes. Like how many How many times? Like sometimes? Like once a week, once a month? I play pickleball sometimes. <laughs> Very evasive. You know he doesn't uh, like to commit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Can into I, it. <laughs> I thought he left. Why is he still here? Uh, Mayor Eric Adams decides, well, let's see, we're spending $9 million a day with the fifty or 60,000 illegal immigrants that are being dumped here in New York City because they're a sanctuary city because let's celebrate diversity. So uh, the governor then uh, Texas has been sending him up there on planes. And um, prior to this, last year, the Biden administration was sending them up on planes, but they were arriving like at two o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, in the cover of darkness, dropping off a bunch of illegal immigrants. In this case, the governor decided, what's he going to do? Because people are getting really upset about this, really, that his constituents, like the guys in Chicago, they're mad. The school's being taken over. The hotels are being used up. It's cost of everybody else. Do something about it. So he has decided he's going to sue the bus companies. There are, was it three or four? How many bus companies are all together? Oh, no. There's 17. Oh, okay. So, so, he, so he's going to sue, he's going to sue 17 of them for $700 million saying that you're bringing people on a bus to New York. Well, he's saying that they violated state laws by not paying the costs of caring for migrants. He's trying to recoup $7 million that he says has already been spent on caring for the people that have come in. So right. he wants the charter bus companies to pay for that because he says they're responsible for getting them there. Right, because here's the law that he's using. He's saying that, um, okay, New York City Law 149, which requires that any person who knowingly brings or causes to be brought a needy person from out of state into the state for the purpose of making him a public charge shall be obligated to convey such person's of the state supporting him for his own expenses. Well, the bus company isn't responsible for who's on the bus. What you want to do, talk to each person as you get on the bus. They're selling them a ticket or they're being, they're getting a ticket paid for by uh, Texas. And then what do you want the bus guy to go? How much money do you make? What are you going to do when you get there? They're not going to question anybody. See, this is ridiculous. This suit won't go anywhere, but it makes news. So it looks right. like the governor's at least trying to do something. The thing's going to be thrown out. No one's going to even take this case. You can't charge the bus company. You can't sue them for them doing their job. 
But under the law, they're like, oh, if you drop somebody off knowing that they become a charge of the state or the city or the government, then therefore you have to pay. <laughs> well, right. And they can't necessarily predict the future. Uh, he also says, this is Mayor Adams, he says that Abbott, uh, the governor of Texas, is yes. playing racial politics by continuing to drop migrants off in black-run cities like New York, Chicago and Washington, D.C. Those are the sanctuary cities that welcome all. So right. it's, it's not racial. It's just like, hey, you know what? You're a sanctuary city. Good. Glad you are. Here's some more people for you. Since you like to have a sanctuary city and you don't want to be able to cooperate with ICE and you don't want to deport anybody. Well, then here they are. I mean, this is your bed. You lay in it. Lie in it. Lay? Lie? I think God, it's I lie. My aunt were, I think my, if my aunt were alive right now. <laughs> so too bad. Nice try. Uh Governor Adams. They don't ship them up to Washington. We are also a sanctuary state. Um, but, boy, if they started shipping them up there, people get really, really mad about it. it. It's one of these things. What do you want to do? You're letting everybody in. Eight million have come in in the last, like, uh, what, three years or something? Mm -hmm. And you, what are you going to do with them? You want just Texas to pay for them all? That everybody that's down there, oh, you want Texas to pay? No. Here you go. Here's some more people for you and some more. The pressure that's on the White House, and they just continue to ignore it, um, they're not doing anything about it. Then 70% of those that have come in, they all claim asylum because they know just say you're coming for asylum. They say, okay, fine, come back in five or six years. We'll be contacting you for you to come back for your court case. Please. Please. No one's coming back. And yeah. they're not turning them around. No. You're not sending them back. It's basically come on in, everybody, and we'll deal with you later on. And Mexico wants nothing to do with us. They have no interest in helping with this problem. Right. So this is what you get. And I know that Adams went down to the border, went into Mexico to talk to them about it. They're not going to do anything. They don't care. They don't want him <laughs> either. And they're not primarily coming out of Mexico, uh, coming from Venezuela now, coming from Cuba, coming from uh, the Middle East as well. They don't check them for anything. In they come. Uh, Mayorkas, who's in charge of the whole thing, I think they've already started a sort of impeachment process against him, try to get him kicked out of there. That guy's a nincompoop. So, so long to, um, so long with that particular case to sue them for $700 million. It's not going to go anywhere at all. I saw this story. I thought this was interesting. It's sort of sad for this guy. I don't know who Christopher Nolan is. He's a director. He was in a movie. He directed Tenant. Is that the movie Tenant? Among others. Oppenheimer is his most recent big movie. Oh, okay. So this guy's legit, oh, right? He's I mean, very he's, he's, yeah. incredible oh, director. Yeah. Okay. So he's taking a Peloton class. So you sign up, you get on the spin bike, and you're on the class, and they have live instructors that'll like work. Okay, everybody, up out of your saddle. Here we go. And they talk to you while you're doing it. People love it. You know, they pay the extra money every single month to be able to have live instructors, or you get a taped instructor. So this case, so Christopher Nolan is taking a live class. I assume it is. So he's on his bike and he's signed up for this thing. And the instructor is, you know, killing time. They're holding the little weights out in front. They're turning them back and forth. So you just have to keep talking, keep the people's mind off of the pain that they're experiencing while they're taking this class. So he is, let's see, where's the best? They the played best the music here? from that movie. And he refers yes. to the music and, you know, refers to the movie when he hears the music. Oh, okay. So the instructor is a female, and she's basically talking to the class. So here's Christopher Nolan, I assume, in his house or something, taking the class, and um, he must have thought, ooh, I recognize this music. I was 
on my peloton doing it. Oh, wait, that's the other one. Here's the audio from the class. So he's taking the class and all of a sudden... This song is from the soundtrack of a movie called Tenet. Anybody see this? This is the instructor. Did anybody see this besides me? Because I need a manual. Someone's got to explain this. Yeah, I'm not kidding. What the is going on in that movie? Do you understand? Seriously, you need to be a neuroscientist to understand. And that's two and a half hours of my life that I want back. I want it back. <laughs> so this poor guy's taking this class, and all of a sudden he's like, this is trashing his work. on my peloton doing a, a high interval, some <laughs> I'm dying. And the instructor said, started talking about one of my films, and said, has anyone else seen this? Because that's a couple hours of my life I'll never get back again. <laughs> He's killing. Rex Reed takes shit in the film. He doesn't ask you to work out. <laughs> yeah, it's hard enough working out and then having the instructor trash you. So then the, the Pentaton instructor, she responds. Huge day for me when I come to find out that the one and only Christopher Nolan, one of the leading filmmakers of the 21st oh, century, knows here who the hell I am. I was excited. And then I read uh -huh. the article. Listen, yeah. it was 2020. It was a dark time. I'm up on the platform teaching my little class and I'm uh -huh. running my mouth off like I'm known to do and I make a yeah. random comment about a movie I had seen the night before. What do you think the odds are that the director of said movie would take that ride some four years later? Yeah, that would only happen to me. So here's what I want to say. Oh, it's about I may not have understood a minute of what the hell was going on in Tenet. That went right over my head, but I have but. seen Oppenheimer twice and that's okay, six hours of my life that I don't ever want to give back. So, Mr. Nolan, I'm inviting you to come take a ride with me in the Peloton studio. You can critique my class. We'll have a great time. You'll sit in the front row, and I promise you, it'll be insult-free. Let me know. Take me up on it. Okay, he's not going to do it. Good job trying to uh, turn this into something positive <laughs> yeah. for yourself. Oh, God. Oh. Now, it was a weird class. movie. I'll, I'll give her that. It was a very weird movie. Okay. Did you two hours of your life you'll never get back? I enjoyed it, but it's like it's like time goes backwards through half of the movie, and there's all these different like instances of yourself. I could I couldn't begin to explain it to you. Mm. But I like that. By the way, stuff. people said that that's two hours of my life, and there's you, you never get anything back. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that one's oh, getting that's two really hours worn of my life out. And I get back. Oh, yeah. That. You know what? I do? can I can we also decide that in 2024 we're going to get rid of this question? Ready? Two two questions. One. How was your flight? What? Like, maybe back in the 1930s, you'd have stories, right? But how was your flight? You get off the plane, people pick you up. How was your flight? Uh, that's, a, that's a question people ask. It's just like, that doesn't mean anything. And then the other one, which really bothers me, how was your shower? Have you ever had that what? one? No. Yeah. No you one has ever asked me you stay that. stay at somebody's house. You have a nice shower? Yeah, you have a good shower? How was your shower? Huh? You what? probably ask people that because you got that 20-person shower, huh? I, I've never had anybody ask, or I've never asked, how was your shower? How was your flight, I've asked, because it gives that person the opportunity to vent. Well, there was a woman next to me. I couldn't believe, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, you right. know, that thing. But how was your shower? Like, <laughs> what's, what are the options there? Well, it started out okay, but then the soap attacked me. I mean, the shampoo was out of control. <laughs> you never stayed at a friend's house, and they ask, "How was your shower?" And by the uh -uh. way, what? Sherry, you left the you left the water running in the shower. 
Sorry, I, 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 I was having a catastrophic shower, which I'll tell you all about. <laughs> and therefore, I had to run out of there, and I left the I, water running because of the horror story that happened in the uh, shower. Yes. Thank you for asking. Okay. okay. <laughs> How was your shower? How was your shower? How was your flight? No more of those in 2024. It's a thing that people, you stay at somebody's house and they ask you, thank you. And they ask you the question, you know, that's, that's the, that's one of them. The first one's, how was your flight? And then like the next day, how was your shower? I don't know. I think you might, I think that might be unique to you or your friends. Okay. You'll see. One, triple eight, nine, seven, three, five, four, seven, six. Release the hounds at the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line. People do ask that question, but we're not going to be asking that one in 2024. We will ask, why does Mickey have an uh, axe in his hand, and why is he slashing everybody? So the Mickey Mouse went into um, sort of public domain, one image of Mickey Mouse anyway, and everybody's waiting, I guess. They can't wait to be able to get an image of Mickey Mouse so that they can then turn him into some sort of weird meme or whatever else, have him killing people or doing all sorts of other stuff as well. So now... Go ahead, have at it, folks, that you can make Mickey do disgusting things. They did that with Winnie the Pooh, I think, like a year or two ago. There's like, uh, there's at least two Winnie the Pooh horror movies now. It's like Blood and Honey, I think it's called. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this, well, this is the this is the Mickey Mouse version uh, that, that came into the public domain. It comes into the public domain after 95 years. So this is Steamboat Willie. And oh, okay. so it's it's the really, really old Mickey Mouse. So they've got video people, uh, movie makers, things like that, wanting to now exploit this mouse theme. So they've got a couple of people that have already done this. You know, it's this killer mouse in Las Vegas. They've got something that's called an immersive wedding experience where they've got Steamboat <laughs> Willie playing in the background. Um, and you can get this this, you know, Mickey Mouse type of experience for one hundred ninety nine bucks. And so it's it's everybody's kind of, I guess, attaching themselves to this opportunity. Okay, it's been done before. Do you remember Fritz the Cat? Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, did you see one of those X-rated Fritz the Cat movies? <laughs> I don't. You know, I, I really don't think I ever saw one, but I know Fritz the Cat. Yeah, I'll be down I think there. it was X-rated. <laughs> yeah, X-rated film Fritz the Cat. Yeah. How and, could it be um, X-rated? Wasn't it animated? Yeah, but it can still be. The director debuted. Uh, it was the first animated feature film to be receiving X rating in the United States. Yeah, because even though it's a cartoon, he's still they're still getting it on. I just thought that if it was <laughs> not real, a shower, Sherry. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't, it's not real. Not real people. It really wouldn't be. But I guess I can see where if it's depicted. As such, then yes. <laughs> yeah, got no. it. Went back to Philadelphia, back to Ardmore, Pennsylvania, and went into this. Oh, there used to be the Suburban Square movie theater, and um, they turned it into a restaurant. I hadn't been back in a long time, and I'm sitting there with my kid, and I'm like, "Wow, I remember this was a movie theater. This was the I, this, my friend Brendan Walsh and I went to see Realm of the Senses. I don't know why the guy let us in. It was an X-rated film, and I, we watched it. I walked out of there it was so like just. Just, it ruined me for like about three years after watching Realm of the Senses and we're walking out of the theater into the broad daylight. And my mom used to go to Dr. Davis, was the dentist, and she had to be driving by as Brendan and I were walking out of the theater. And she never said anything to me about it. Never said, are you going to see an X-rated film? What? Um, never brought it up. You... I thought it was coming up at dinner time. Never came up. When you say ruined 
you. How so? Watch the movie, Sherry. Watch the movie. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm sure it'll be easy to find. When the guy's eating hard boi- when the guy's eating hard boiled eggs, that's oh, all I can boy. say. Oh, oh boy. Oh, oh see, boy. see now, okay. huh? You with uh, me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Y- you want to take a shower now after hearing that? Uh, I, uh, yes, and you can ask me how it is. Later. Okay, good. Hi, Teeny. Uh, oh, she's got all this husky stuff on. All right. What's oh, you're doing is talking about my dress and my hair. Okay. <laughs> Not really. Can she? Can you turn her mic off so she can't hear me, Joe? It's off. Sherry, uh, I'm going to fire her. Oh, good. I mean, oh, really? Why? <laughs> okay. Oh, Joe, you're supposed to turn the she's thing in the off. Other room. I don't think she heard that. All right. Okay. Oh, yeah, she seems upset. Uh, Joe's got to step in on this one because I, having never seen Star Wars, although 15% of the world's population has seen some Star Wars episode, I still will hold strong. I saw my brother over the weekend. I see you're holding steady on the Star Wars. Yep, refused to see it. So we made that <laughs> vow back in 1974 when the first one came out. So oh, that's courageous. I, I, too, am in the club. That's right. You know who else was in the club? Dory. Dory had never seen Star Wars. Oh, wow. We're all in good company. Okay, so there's a big brouhaha because uh, Disney has decided that they want a particular uh, feminist journalist uh, activist to be the director for the, the new Star Wars. And people have been saying, you know, the problem with Disney for the longest time in South Park made fun of her and made fun of Disney as well by making fun of uh, Catherine Kennedy, who Kathleen for Kennedy, 10 years yeah. now has been running the Lucas Foundation, Lucas Films and all the making all the Star Wars movies. And they're like, South Park made fun of her. Did you get those sounds from South Park? Oh, yeah. They're in there. Okay. So just let me see. Where, where is that? Uh, 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 South Park. B-E-I. No, no, it's oh, not. Oh, come on, John. You want me to hit it? Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you, John. We were just discussing uh, ideas of what to do with the new Prince Eric movie. Put a chicken in it. Make her gay. Maybe we should go a different route than we did with Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, put a chicken in it and make her name it gay. Any diverse woman in it, make it gay. But Mrs. Kennedy, Bambi's a baby deer. Baby deer, put a chicken in it, make her gay. There you are, Miss Kennedy, the linguine and clam sauce. Uh, excuse me, I believe I asked you to put a chicken in it and make her gay. Uh, yes, the chef was a little confused what you meant by that. It means put a chicken in the linguine and make her gay. Okay, so... <laughs> and I want it lame! Okay, I so Kathleen... that things are being kept from me. And if you're going to keep things from me, then you'd better put a chicken in it and make it f***ing gay as f***. Look, I don't want to have to say it, but... Okay. I think the problem is Kathleen Kennedy. Everybody's been saying that. The problem is Kathleen Kennedy. So for 10 years, she's been doing this, and Disney's gone woke, and people don't like the fact they're woke, and the movie's bomb. So then they come along, they're going to hire a director who won. I think she uh, nominated for a couple Academy Awards, or she won some Oscar for documentary directing. They, they're giving her this job. She's going to be doing the new Star Wars, and people are like, oh, my God, really? Really? Um, and now at this point, I guess, Joe, do you have a response to this? Because you are one of those Star Wars 
I, I don't, I'm not, see, she did a couple of documentaries. I've never seen them. I don't know anything. I don't know if she's qualified to direct a big budget fictional feature film. So I have nothing to yeah. judge it by. I've never heard of her. Yeah. I, I, well, don't, she, I, I, I don't know. Is she, um, is she directing it or is it this feminist? Um, oh, no. Kathleen Kennedy runs the whole thing. And then right, she yes. puts this. She, here's the director. Charmaine yeah. Obeyed Chinoy, who is set to become yeah. the first woman and the first person of color. This is Matt Walsh, the director of Star Wars feature film, has said it's about time. The 45-year-old Pakistani Canadian filmmaker made here she is explaining what her goal is when she makes a film. And you might, you might, if you don't know any better, you might think, oh, you, her goal when she makes a film, it must be to tell a great story that people want to see. Oh no, it's not that. I like to make men uncomfortable. I enjoy <laughs> making men uncomfortable. <laughs> Not you, just, just not, you not know. you. Yeah, not you, John. Point you. taken, point taken. <laughs> but, um, you know, it is important to be able to look into the eyes of a man and say, I am here and recognize that. And recognize that I am working to bring something that makes you uncomfortable and it should make you uncomfortable because you need to change your attitude and it's only when you're uncomfortable when you're shifty when you have to have difficult conversation okay blah blah uh, th that's a little deceptive by Matt White. she wasn't saying that she's gonna make men uncomfortable by doing Star Wars but her basic sort of you know her battle cry is you know to always be challenging the patriarchal society even though Disney and Kathleen Ke Kennedy has had half of her staff is female, and a lot of the women they've been working on Star Wars are female, but this woman is now going to be in charge of directing the new film, and she is just a real big advocate for making sure that it's always about feminists, even though the last couple of movies, the, the lead or the hero has been a female, right? Yeah, so no, definitely. That was... Uh, um Ray Skywalker, I think they ended up calling her. But yeah, the first the first one that Disney did, I thought was really good. Um, and then the the next two or three were really kind of bad. They've had a couple. They've had a couple like kind of subplot Star Wars movies that weren't around. You know, the main the kind of the main characters that were also really good. So it's just, mm -hmm. it's been hit or miss since Disney took over. It has the greatest discrepancy of male female ticket buyers. Of all movies, it's like 60-40, 60% male, 40% uh, female. Um, and when you're asked about it, oh, it's because, you know, they're not doing enough to attract the female moviegoer. Maybe they don't want to go see Star Wars. But this woman perhaps will go in there saying, oh, we're trying to get more women in there. And by doing that, maybe she stays with her sort of woke, um, brainwashed ideology. I don't want to feel uncomfortable. Matt, Matt Walsh uh, suggested that they're going to double down on everything audiences hate. So this is a this is an experiment that they've tried before, as far as trying to make things more woke or more inclusive or more whatever. And it's I don't think it's had terrific results. I don't know really. I don't know enough about Star Wars to know what she could do, uh, the feminization or the barbying of Star Wars. Uh -huh. I mean, they, it seems to me like Star Wars was never sexist. Even the first one back in the what the seventies or the eighties or whenever it was. I mean, it wasn't. I I didn't would never have thought of that as something that needed to be corrected. But Joe might know that. 
Joe. No, there's nothing controversial as far as I know. It was, it was yeah. a pretty, you know, silly space movie, you know. It's, so the question is if it if she does the movie and it bombs, do people not like it because of the director or they just don't like it because they don't like it? I mean, there's female directors that are very successful and people go to the movies, they don't care who the director is. They just want to go see the movie and they walk out going, "Well, that was good or that was bad." But they don't go, "I I hated the movie because the director's a, you know, uh, 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 a lunatic and wants to make men uncomfortable. So she yes, gets the chance it's going to run. To be the, it's the audience that will decide, John. <laughs> that will not include you or me, but all of the Star Wars people out there, 60% of them being men, will yes. decide this. Not us. We are not in that group. George Lucas ruined my childhood, somebody said. Talk about the last couple of movies that they destroyed it. Because Lucas did a couple of them, and then they turned it over to some other people. They, they're rabid fans. They, they Not only they love Star Wars, but they seem to have a bit of a speech impediment, Sherry. Yes, I've noticed that. That's, that's the guy that was born with one extra swallow, and yes. he's always one swallow behind. Yes, and he's always got just a little bit of white stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, corner of his lip or lips or mouth. Uh, yes, and he's had a retainer now for about 18 years. He rarely takes it out. His mother told did, him not to. Did he have the retainer that went around the back of the head? Remember uh, the that's head headgear? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember oh. that. They should do a longitudinal study on those people. Good way to vent or vet uh, all that anger and resentment and anything else you got stirring around is to go into a room, pay somebody um, some money, and then go into a room with some safety glasses on and a sledgehammer and pound away at, a, uh, I guess, old computers or laptops or whatever else they got, printers and things like that. This seems like something you would do, Sherry. Oh, yeah. Uh, this actually started back in 2008. I didn't know this. It, oh. An anti-violence activist s- charged $3 for women to come into her garage and smash stuff up. So uh-huh. people started to take notice of this and saw the number of people that wanted to do it. And then these things started popping up. So this started back, you know, mid to middle of the 2000s. And now uh-huh. you find them in most every city. Um, they go from, you know, you can spend 20 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever, if you want to have a bigger group there. Usually what they do is they give you either a baseball bat, a sledgehammer or a crowbar. And uh-huh. depending on what you want to smash up. Uh, you can use any of those tools. So sometimes they provide it for you, like they can provide mm-hmm. an old copier or a printer or a thing like that that you can beat up. Or you can bring your own stuff. So let's say uh-huh. you're going through a divorce and you want to bring something that belonged to your ex. You can bring that and smash it to pieces. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, it's uh, evidently it's it's really becoming uh, more popular. I guess it waned a little bit during the pandemic, and now it's back in action. Uh, you would ever do something like that? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'd love yeah. to. There were yeah. several of them. There were lots of them in Baltimore, um, but I don't remember why I didn't. I didn't. I didn't go. Um, but it was, um, it was one of those things where I think the place that I saw had it was all glass. Everything Ooh. was glass, and that seemed a little scary to me. Yeah. Right. Um, 
that one <laughs> of the like psychiatrists that. Wow, uh, look how quickly Andrew was with the brain. Yeah. Yes. Uh, psychiatrist said is that, this, that anger is a Trojan yes. horse for something else, something deeper. Usually somebody's very afraid or oh. they're somehow uh, badly hurt, and that's why they're angry. So this really right. doesn't get the the anger out necessarily. It's not the real problem. It's not yeah. the real problem, yes. I, I lost it once, and we kept take after take after take our shooting a scene with Daryl for Evening Magazine. There's I like a couple of leaves not, that are hanging down. What? That's Daryl telling me to move something. I was like, I'm so sick of him having to Well, you don't have to wait. Okay. Felt great. Oh, so felt great. Yeah. You know what I like about it? It's so what? irresponsible. Oh, the most like, irresponsible. I'm never, I'm never irresponsible. So I, it, so to be irresponsible like that and break Okay, let's stuff? see if you would do this. At okay. Evergreen Speedway, I think it was Evergreen Speedway, you used to have this event. You get in like a big old caddy from like the 1970s. You get in the car. Of course, it has no airbags and stuff. You drive as fast as you can, and then you smash into a like a Honda, like a 1970s Honda. They've taken the engine out of it. It's against a brick wall. You hit it from behind as hard as you possibly can to try to crush the car down, and then they measure how many inches of the car are left after you've run into it. Would you sit in the passenger seat of that car while the driver races towards the car to slam into it. Uh, do they also measure how many inches you've lost in height because your neck has been broken? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I would. I don't think I would do that. I did. I, I did uh, take a couple challenges on this other radio show, and they said, uh, "You know, do you want to do?" Because uh, I thought demolition derby was so cool. I thought it was oh, so much that, fun yes. to do that. And one time I yes. got to ride like a, a one of these things that what's that thing called? It's a machine. It rolls over stuff. A steamroller. Yes. So they were going to keep challenging me on these things. So the next thing was dodgeball, right? I'd go into this dodgeball uh -huh. game. With a steamroller? No, steamroller was <laughs> That doesn't one. seem fair. And I was going to oh, okay. do, do demolition derby, but the, ne the one before that was dodgeball, which I thought would be a big deal. I played dodgeball when I was a kid. It's fine. Uh-huh. It yeah. was. They had people, these six-foot-three men, hurling yes. these balls at you like i yeah. was like what what stop this isn't fun what are you doing it was awful awful Aww, so no i wouldn't what? I, stop <laughs> what do you do catch it you're supposed to catch the ball we throw and then he's out just catch it no, i couldn't catch it going that fast should have stayed on your steamroller <laughs> did you do the the thing where you smashed into the Back of the car. The cars. Oh, that was the best. I wonder if they're still doing it. I'd do it again if they had it. Yeah, it was Did crazy. Did you drive? I'll tell you or were you a we should do that on oh, your farm. A couple Smash of different that. things. Thank you, thank you, Andrew. Um, look at that. We made it through a whole hour without Andrew putting a fart sound in. Thank oh, you very boy. much. Congratulations, Andrew. A little self-control there. Still six minutes.